following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? It may have been Dave's Video Graveyard. Of all the film podcasts in the world... This is definitely one of them. Covering the best of the worst and the worst of the best of all things film. This is Dave's Video Graveyard with Casey and Dave. It is Dave's Video Graveyard for another week. We are coming to you live from lockdown. Of course, Casey and I have our stay-at-home orders I've been asking Casey to stay at home for years, but finally the law has stepped in and we're all stuck at home. It is DVG. Casey, how are you? I'm pretty good. I got to start drinking at midday because it's lockdown and I've stopped giving a fuck. Um, yeah, it's been a good time. Introverted life crosses over with what we're meant to be doing, so I'm happy with that. It's weird you acting like we don't usually do the podcast with you four beers deep. I surprised to hear today that I've never burped on the podcast because I'm like the burpiest person you'll ever meet. What you lack in burp you make up for in coughing straight into the microphone. And smelling like a burnt yabby. Now speaking of burnt (laughs) yabbies, we are joined this week by a very very special guest. We are joined by one of the original DVG All-Stars. It is my original co-host from WOW FM. We are joined by Grant. Grant, how are you? Burnt yabby. (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> I'm pretty good though. I'm pretty good. I missed you. I've missed you, mate. How's things going in New oh, South God. Wales? Oh, pretty good. We're not in lockdown in Brooke, no, but we've got all the restrictions that we're just going with it, you know, to leave the house, which is good. You've got the no restrictions, but you've got nowhere to go. Pretty much, yeah. We might as well be in lockdown. Yeah. And uh, as our listeners will know, you joined us for the very special, uh, the renaissance of DVG. You were part of the first episode of this year. I urge everyone to go back and check out the Mad Max 2 episode that we did from your dad's museum. Um, I'm really upset because it has the second most downloads of any episode we've ever done, and that just shits me to no end. Number one. And because I wasn't on it. That's why it got the most amount of downloads. (laughs) (laughs) No, but from there we've gone uh, seriously, and I'm not equating it to you and your dad at all, but our our listenership from that episode went up and up and up. So uh, awesome. Episode, just out of curiosity. It is Demolition Man, and I think that's just because it was the first one. It was before all my friends had lost interest. So, oh, that was all being polite. It, it was that first gig that your friends come and watch your band, and then never again. Yep. That's what the first episode of the podcast was. Now, we are doing a movie today. Quite often, we do movies that are. You know, we, we either remember a little bit nostalgically, or there's something funny about them the way they've aged. We are doing, and I know Casey gives me shit about it all the time, but this film we're doing today I put into my category of perfect films. We are doing 1987's Lethal Weapon. He's a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jiu-jitsu, just bring him down. Do you really want to jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, I what do you mean? Wait I a minute. Do what the he was ready to retire. Now, he's going to wish he had. Gun! Oh, oh, oh. Raj, meet your new partner. 
new partner. If these guys can just stand each other. What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Casey. Literally perfect. It, it is, is perfect. It's really yeah. good. It's more perfect every time you watch it as well, which is a good sign. Oh, I never get bored. Yeah. 100%. I, a film and you just constantly watch it. I rewatched the first one because obviously we've had to cancel a few times with different things happening. This is the yeah, only. Right. This, is the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the only film where it's not a chore for me to rewatch. And I have actually. Last lockdown, I watched all four of the Lethal Weapon films. Um, I still haven't committed to watching the TV show because it's just it's not not my Lethal Weapon. But this is a this is a movie where when you turn the channel over and you see it, you're like, well, this is what you I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah. watch the rest of this now. It's like Shawshank Redemption. Doesn't matter where it's up to. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'm watching this movie now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. How did you come to this movie, Grant? What's this movie mean to you? Oh, probably when I was a kid, you know, the whole, being Mel Gibson and the Mad Mag thing, it's like Mel Gibson movies in our households would like worship, you know what I mean? So mm. I just remember years ago when I was a kid and couldn't tell you how old I was, but it's just stayed with me ever since. He used like, to be an absolute hero of a, of a movie actor though, for sure. Yeah, I think he's the greatest actor in the world and I still think he is. Like, I genuinely do. I watched um, what was on the other night, that We Were Soldiers and was on yep. TV and stuff. The guy's just an amazing actor in everything that he's in. Um, they, yeah, Dave reminded me the other day of Bird on a Wire, which I haven't even thought about in like 15 years, yeah. so I need to watch that again. Yeah, just, everything he's in is amazing. And Lethal Weapon is one of those films where it's his performance as Martin Riggs, you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like the action film gods created this almighty being to be in action films. And the creator looked at it and went, you know what? I've created something way too powerful. I need to split this in half. And it took half the charisma and split it right down the middle. And on one side, we got Kurt Russell. And on the other side, we got (laughs) Mel Gibson because they are two halves of action film perfection. It really is, man. It's Shane Black, too. You know, Shane Black just writes these amazing screenplays. And he, they're just so quotable, and he just writes these great action scenes on these characters that are just, and like, yeah, you just, like, hook from him. That's one thing but that... This, this movie is, like, equal part the action story, but also, like, a friendship, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel fake. It feels really genuine. Yeah. It's like, strength you, to it. And it's if, on the edge. who just finds, finds a bit of way in life, you know, when he's partnered with... Danny Glover and meets his family and it's just got this real like heartwarming feel to it when he's gone. It really does, yeah. Been like that, yeah. And you you think about the the way this this is written. So often when people talk about like, you know, the way film has evolved over time, so much credit goes to Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith 
for that natural real-life dialogue that is written between characters. And I think all too often Shane Black is overlooked because every conversation that takes place in this movie feels like a real conversation that you'd have with a friend. Um, Yeah, it does. At no point do you wonder where they are as people because you basically see the evolution of their their friendship because uh, Riggs Riggs gets basically partnered with Murtaugh. Um, Murtaugh's pretty keen to retire. And you know one thing I enjoyed while researching this movie, finding out that I thought you would both find really interesting? Mm -hmm. There was a 1990s porn star called Letha Weapons. (laughs) That's great. I was like, that how did you know we'd like that, man? Uh, because I know I know that you're both two of the same kind of person that I am. Yeah, Lisa Webber, that's great. We'll be Googling her later on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's got those, um, you know, boob jobs before they, they looked real, like the, um, the, the early 90s <laughs> ones where it's like, oh, uh, just get two coffee cups and sew the skin over the top yeah. of them. <laughs> So um, we open up the movie on a girl jumping off her balcony. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah. I don't care. It is. We're not talking about the Bruce Willis franchise because I have realised this watch that even though perhaps Die Hard is better than the first Lethal Weapon, as a franchise, Lethal Weapon is a million times yeah. better than the franchise of Die Hard. Yeah, each one of them, yeah. like, it keeps the standard up with every sequel. Yeah, the first one is it's tied with... Die Hard, but the franchise itself stands yeah. way stronger than the Die Hard franchise. And not to not to take away from the fact we're talking about the first movie, Mel Gibson's character in this first, Riggs in this first film, he is grieving the loss of his wife. He doesn't want to live anymore because his wife has died in a car accident. To then go on in the second movie and make it oh, that the I bad know. guy in the second movie actually killed his wife is some of the greatest sequel writing I think yeah. you will ever find. Amazing. Yeah. And then, by number three, they put Joe Pesci in it. And it's just <laughs> like, great. Right. Well, such an iconic character too, you know what I mean? You don't even realise he's not in the first two. It's like, oh, wait a minute, Joe Pesci's in this franchise too. Like, yeah. Like, and, and as some as someone that's just watched all four of the movies, do you know one thing that I, I actually have to give R.I.P. Dick Donner, I have to give him credit for. We meet Riggs sitting at his wife's gravesite and part four finishes with Riggs sitting at his wife's gravesite. And I'm like, I've never seen a more perfect bookend of a franchise than that, except the difference being Joe Pesci's there ruining the moment in the first one, but also being super sweet. Um. I was really surprised. We, we, we meet Myrto in the bathtub in this one. And Did his family see his dick, by the way? They must oh, do. Really? Tradition. Giving him a birthday cake <laughs> in the bath, naked Just dick out. of the uh, bubbles in the bathtub. Yep. <laughs> what I love about this movie is that, and I've recorded Hang on, Casey, that within, Casey, within sorry, six minutes. Sorry, Casey, to cut what? you off. I just completely forgot Grant's English, so let me just backtrack there. A bathtub's this thing that we wash in. It's It's like a mini swimming pool for hygiene. Sorry. Sorry. Low gene, (laughs) as you know it. I checked the time, and within six minutes and 45 seconds of this movie, we've had his his family Mm -hmm. seeing his dick in the bath and a bum. And a suicide. 
eighties, right? It's like the most eighties opening. So much in seven minutes. Right. <laughs> and what I also like is modern day you get like your action stars like particularly when they're they're kind of a little bit left of center of like you know it's not your uh it's not your stallone or your schwarzenegger it's like we're not going to make mel gibson look bigger than he is because we are going to start with him completely naked walking around his caravan and (laughs) i i must admit i did appreciate the um because we spoke before we started today about loaded weapon the parody of lethal weapon and yeah. one thing that I did really appreciate, the joke in that that says that his caravan is like the TARDIS because outside it's just like a caravan, but inside it's a massive house. That is so true in this movie. <laughs> Loaded Weapon is probably one of the greatest parodies ever. It looks so much like Lethal Weapon, though, though you know what I mean? Yeah. But mm. the, the way they've shot the film, it looks like the film is supposed to be sort of spoofing. The greatest so part of Loaded Weapon, even though we're talking about Lethal Weapon, um, is <laughs> the bad guys go to kill the Riggs character, the Emilio Estevez character, and yeah. they actually blow up John McClane's house instead by accident. Yeah. And then we see John McClane <laughs> climb out and go, no, he lives further down the beach. Yeah. It was great, man. The jokes, the jokes just hit the mark in it. You know what I mean? It's not one of those parodies where it just falls flat. Yeah. No, the, the dogs really hit the mark. I was same su- as um, Hot Shots when that came oh, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was another one. I Parody still used to be so good. They did. I still scary rate the first three the scary last, movies. Like in the pan of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Myrtle's oh. beard, where he's in the bath, is massive and crazy. And I, I thought <laughs> I'd misremembered. I'm like, did he have a massive beard for all of these movies? But then he shaves <laughs> it off after he shows his whole family his knob. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so after Murtaugh, because, you know, he's getting ready to retire, he fo- he gets a call from one of his old army buddies, but he, he doesn't instantly call him back. He then gets called out to uh, the suicide that we see at the opening of the film, and it is revealed that the girl that jumped was the daughter of his old army buddy, and she was actually poisoned before she jumped. So that becomes a homicide, which he's a homicide detective, he then gets given a video to go and watch, which is actually a porn featuring the girl that jumped, and he puts yeah. on glasses. And I just uh, long gone are the times of the putting on your porno glasses to watch your porn. <laughs> I love that he's just like you know, I'm watching porn for work. Like yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I love the idea that much like the bathtub, because any of us would consider it an intimate moment. They zoom out and his family is sitting at the table eating breakfast and he's just sitting <laughs> using the, the TV next to the... Just jacking it. And me and Casey, me and Casey spoke about this uh, eight weeks ago before Grant cancelled on us constantly. Um, when yeah. I first watched this, this movie is responsible for the most realistic portrayal of a family home because totally. the renovations yeah. aren't finished. It's cluttered. Yeah. It doesn't look great. Things aren't painted properly. It is so realistic. And I, I, I attribute a little bit of that to Shane Black, surely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. He's got to put some of his stuff in there. But that's what's great about the film, too. That Martin Riggs, you know, this guy's lost his wife and he's been this loner for a while and he sort of comes into this family. You know what I mean? It's just really, like, it's really cool. It's really heartwarming. And even through all the digs about um, Myrtle's wife cooking, he's still like yeah. going over there for dinner because he yeah. likes the company. It's cute. Yeah. 
So, yeah, basically it's them solving the murder of his army buddy's daughter. We then get introduced to Mr. Joshua, who is played by DVG favourite Mr. Gary Busey, who's there. Yeah. T- and Dave look alike, Gary Busey. <laughs> and we've, we've got to set up how how dangerous and crazy is and the most effective way of doing that is showing that he can have a cigarette lighter held to his arm and i've always thought man that was such a for such a stupid thing that was such an effect a really effective way he's a badass his villain you know what i mean i feel like before every scene he just does a line of coke goes outside spins in a circle 10 times and then comes in yeah Well, I heard that he didn't actually realise they were filming a film and he it just was himself for the whole time. Now, Casey, I, I didn't ask you, what's this movie to you? You said this was a massive rewatch for you. Well, I remember when I was quite young and it would come on TV and this is going to like peek behind the curtain, but when, I, when I'd see that it had like hits in the opening scene, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just sort of got into it. And then later as a teenager, um, it was like quite often repeated on TV. And me and two of my friends used to get together and um, have a bit of devil's lettuce. Um, (laughs) And sometimes watch this or if it was on TV. And sometimes we'd mute it and like do the voices ourselves and make it (laughs) funny. And it was really fun. And so it's just got a soft spot in my heart. It's incredible. Um, I absolutely love the scene where... Riggs and Myrtle basically go to a sex worker witnesses the the suicide at the start. So they go to a house to question it. And that's when we get treated to our first explosion of the movie. And the house house blows up as they walk towards it. And one thing that I've got to give Dick Donna amazing credit for, if you watch it, there's about four different angles of the explosion, including them getting thrown back. And there is a, a 747 landing in the background. And I don't know if that, where they shot that explosion was a flight path, but you can actually track the continuation of the plane landing. So it's got them walking up and the planes, you know, far left of the screen. Then it's got them closer to the building and the, the plane actually progresses in its flight path. And then the explosion happens and you see the plane land like at the airport in the background. And I was like, they've either done that all in one take with a few cameras yeah. or they've I done it. Little cameras, yeah. yeah, or they've done it multiple times and just waited for the next plane to come. Yeah. It's impressive when you see these little details in the movies and it makes you wonder how they did it. And all the technical things that go into it and all the takes and, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's pretty impressive for a movie from 87, though. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I like to have that time so perfectly with an airplane. Yeah, yeah for sure. Now, what are your thoughts on, because obviously Grant and Casey, we're, we're a little bit too old to give a shit about Christopher Reeves as Superman. Well, I know I am. Um, what do you think of Richard Donner as a director? He's uh, done some of the most like, classic films of all time. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think the movies have got, they're gritty, but they're down to earth. I mean, all practical effects that really feel real. You know, the, the car chases aren't perfect. It's, it's got a lot. I, I think you in terms of realism. I also think that he, he's a bit of a chameleon when it comes to his style because he can copy, not so much copy, but he can definitely land in other people's wheelhouses because until about five or six years ago, I genuinely would have thought and told you that Steven Spielberg directed The Goonies 
because it I has. Was just gonna say that, yeah. It has. Oh, such, really? It has, yeah, no, he didn't. It um, was it was Richard Donner. So it's amazing know. that he can ape on other directors. Like, and you know, this has a very diehard vibe to it, but it it's it's yeah. grittier. It's more dangerous. Riggs is a much more dangerous character than John McClane is. Yeah, definitely, definitely, it's played so well too. You know what I mean? Mel Gibson had the acting chops to pull off someone who's crazy, to pull off all the serious drama, to pull off the comedy. You know what I mean? And this this is the character that was written, and you can't think of anyone more perfect than Mel. What's that other movie that's like a Western movie with Mel Gibson? Uh, Maverick. Uh, Maverick. Uh, yeah. yeah, Maverick. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, for a director to work with you more than once is usually a good sign. Well, just, yeah. I'm just looking at, at some of his movies. So uh, Lethal Weapon 4 in 98 was, you know, the last one that I cared about. He did Conspiracy yeah. Theory with Mel Gibson in 97. Assassins, yeah. which was that Stallone, oh, yeah. Stallone versus Banderas uh, assassin movie. Maverick was Scrooge. 1994. Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge. Lethal Weapon 3. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2. Scrooge. Lethal Weapon. The Goonies. Lady Hawk, which is an amazing movie. Oh, um, I'm just Omen. Oh, the Omen too, there you go. Oh, that's really good. And one thing that yeah. I'm one thing I'm sure didn't come up at his funeral, he also directed Richard Pryor's The Toy, which is about a little rich kid that has every toy you can imagine. So he says he wants to buy a human, so they, they buy Richard yeah. Pryor for their kid. So uh, right. yeah, that's I've aged not well. heard of that. I mean, I've never heard of that. Yeah, me <laughs> either. <laughs> it's a bit topical, like a bit of a hot. Same as there's a little kid in this movie that says, like, oh, my mum says that police only shoot black people. And I was like, oh, that's so heavy for, like, an 80s movie. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You'd expect it in a modern-day movie. Yeah. And I reckon a bit of that comes back to, I know we give him a lot of credit, but Shane Black, his writing, so many people have always given Shane Black shit because he doesn't write a very good, strong female character, which is true. But you look at the things he that... He writes with Predators, but it fell a bit flat. He wrote, you know the I mean? sec- <laughs> he wrote the second greatest Die Hard movie, and that is The Last Boy Scout, because as we've yeah. talked about before, <laughs> I consider that a John McClane performance, but from a better writer. Yeah. I love Shane Blackman. I think, didn't he do... Um, he did The Good Guys. Hero as well? Yeah, he Last did Last Hero. Hero. Um, Long kiss, goodnight. Yeah. Kiss, kiss, yeah, bang, bang. Good, no, I think the guy's a genius screenwriter. Yeah. Did he so do just like, like, you know, just real gritty, you know, action, entertaining action. It's did he good. definitely do the long kiss, goodnight? I thought Rennie Harlan wrote that, but I could be wrong. I mean, was it? I, I thought it was Shamblack too. It probably was. Wrong. Probably was. Remy probably just directed it. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, like, and, you know, like you said, the, the Predator – or Predator from 2018 was fucking garbage. Yeah, he, he wrote it. Rennie Harlan directed it. Right, yep. Yeah. Rennie Harlan directed yeah. Oh, yeah, his Predator sequel, his most recent one, that was like he really missed the mark with that. Though. I've never mm. been like funnier than a Shane Black film. You know what I mean? Yeah. He only missed the mark with that one. But The Nice Guys, have you seen The Nice Guys? I have with yeah. Ryan Gosling. And... <laughs> Another that... one of his masterpieces, man. How is that not just another Lethal Weapon movie where he's just, yeah, like, yeah. tweaked the characters. Pretty much. Good at that sort of, like, you know, friendship, you know, two two guys with this quirkiness about him. He's really good at writing that into his characters. 
And but Russell Crowe will never be Mel Gibson. No, that's why no. it's not a Mel, and that's not it's not a lethal weapon film. No, yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is also another oh, amazing yeah. thing. Oh yeah, that is a good one. But it, it's quite oh, funny. Yeah. It's quite funny you compare him to Russell Crowe because obviously we claimed him as Aussie, even though he's from New Zealand. And Russell, then we gave him back. Russell Crowe's hitting that haggard old man actors. But he, he's he's just stacking on weight and he's losing his imposedness. You look at what <laughs> Mel Gibson has done, like since he was in the ex- the Expendables three, he showed that he could get yeah. absolutely jacked. Then um, get the Gringo is one of the most underrated films. Now I'm yeah. not holding against anyone that holds it against Mel Gibson, uh, him as a person, because uh, admittedly but get him as a person, but him as an actor. But then he's turned director and he's just fucking yeah. smashed it. Filmmaker as well. Yeah, he's yeah. so talented. Like you can still look up to him as this great filmmaker and actor. Just his personal life's got nothing to do with us. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy his films, man. and it, it, it's quite funny. Um, wh- one of the things I thought was funny is as Danny Glover gets too old for this shit in real life, he has yeah. done all these indie darling films like you know, Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black, and he did. Um, he was in the Royal Tenenbaums. He does a lot of um, those kinds mm. of movies and stuff. In Jumanji, the second one, where Kevin Hart essentially does a performance pretending to be Danny Glover, it nails who Danny Glover is as an actor now. And if you put modern-day Mel Gibson and modern-day Danny Glover in something, you'd just be like, oh, Mel, you've got to help him out, man. That that guy's struggling. (laughs) I even loved Mel Gibson in Daddy's Home too. Me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it when he's coming down the escalator and Will Ferrell's like, he's beautiful. Because <laughs> that was, was it weird seeing in the cinema and your dad saying at the exact same point in time, yeah. that exact same line? I'm going to watch the movie and he's like, he's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, what, obviously, because in part four, they decided that they wanted to be more modern. So you got Jet Li as the bad guy. He was... Um, he was really menacing in that because he just kept kicking their ass every f- single fight they had. <laughs> but they also brought Chris Rock in as uh, I think they wanted – they didn't want um, Joe Pesci to be so much the ca- the comic relief because, you know, com- comedy was changing. And so um, you got Chris Rock in there doing a lot of his, like, just, just his stand-up essentially. Rush uh, hour kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. How much – and re-watching this – how much does Rush Hour owe to this movie? Yeah. Oh, probably a lot. I think a lot of things owe to this. You know what I mean? I a think lot this of is, a lot of these buddy cop things. This is perhaps peak buddy cop. Like, this This is the blueprint for buddy yeah. cop films. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. I don't think there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty of action films out there that have definitely drawn inspiration. From was this one of the first ones, do you think? Was it? I reckon. I probably sort of. You know, start the whole thing. There's probably shitty old ones that had like James Woods <laughs> and shit in it that no one cares about. <laughs> but yeah, man, the the way this movie just portrays, particularly Riggs's character, I've got to say, he's, he's incredible. We get uh, treated to the scene at the shooting range where Riggs shoots the smiley oh, face. I love that bit. Um, but we also get treated to a lot of character development when he's on his own and he, he keeps putting the gun in his mouth. And you, that's the scene I'm talking about with the drama, you know, an actor who can pull off the drama of this character too, the, the, the serious side like that. And that, that scene in the trailer when he's contemplating, you know, blowing his brain out, it's like you're, you're like, you, 
you just sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mel it's Gibson you. really just sells this character that he's that he's playing. But then so when he gives that bullet at the end to Murtaugh, yeah, it's like he's made a difference in his life. He's yeah. got somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, another yeah, it's thing. A drama slash comedy slash action, like it mixes a lot of things and does them all yeah. really well. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I super appreciate, I know we're talking about the one movie, but the franchise overall because I watched them all at the same time. Another thing that is just such a good fucking element that no one would have thought of, throughout the movies, Murtaugh's boat progresses in where it's at. Like in the first one, he's just bought it because he's going to retire after his 50th birthday. But then in the second one, they're doing it up together. The third one, it's almost finished. And in the fourth one, it's actually in the water. And I'm like, this is yeah. insane. You wouldn't think of that. Nah, no, just the standard it just keeps up with all four of the films. All of them. Like, the other franchises are amazing. And I do really like the fourth one, too. I think but it's the, a great the, the first one could be a standalone film without a franchise. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that they then had the aspects of it that could create a decent franchise. It's really clever. I were going and we wanted to, yeah, the characters were interested enough to write these sequels around them. Yeah. So you can just watch it as a, as one film or you can just watch them all. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and even I like elements like Riggs's characters wearing a, a flannelette jacket for the start of the movie. After the explosion happens, his jacket catches on fire, which he takes off, and that allows one of the kids that witnessed the man that set the bomb to see that he had the same tattoo that Riggs has. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. man, it's everything. It little, uh, not the road, they just wrote. I don't think the right action screenplays the way they used to no. that weapon and die hard, you know what I mean? Just these little things that progress the story that you just don't see coming. Genius. So, the so, Departed was a bit like that, though, where it had those little... Yeah, yeah. It's clever. It's clever, man, when you really analyse films and you, you just think about it. And it's like, how the thought of that? <laughs> so so the, over, the overarching bad guys of this movie is a shadow company that were operating out of Vietnam that are essentially shipping, shipping heroin into the US. And uh, so, so our bad guys are drug dealers because it is the 80s and, uh, you know, the war on drugs is well into swing. But there is so, like, this made us fall in love with, I think, your your police action film. Like, this is where we all fell in love with a lone cop shooting his his gun at a helicopter. Like, that's, it's just so (laughs) many parts of this movie. Uh, Lots of quippy one-liners. Uh, I believe it's in this one where Mel Gibson helps the guy that's going to jump off the top of the building and he just goes up yeah. there and handcuffs yep. himself to him and jumps off onto the mat. Handcuffs himself to him. I love oh. it when they're walking up to that and he, he convinces um, Riggs that he's got like, negotiation skills or something, but what he means is I'm just going to go up there and drag the guy off the building. <laughs> like, that's basically what he's saying. It's so good. So good. No. We haven't spoke about the... Um, the iconic music score for this, you know, that saxophone. Oh, that saxophone. You know, you know, oh, man. In this it's movie, <laughs> sexy sax is the most perfect thing you will ever find in an action movie, and there needs to be more of it. And yeah. it's funny because I rate the soundtrack of Lethal Weapon so highly that when you watch the parody work that they do in MacGruber with the sexy sax in all the action scenes, 
and the sex scenes and stuff, it actually harkens back and you go like, oh, man, I miss 80s action because this is yeah. the peak of it. Just the, There's even some bits where nothing's happening yet, but this, the saxophone starts to swell up and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here yeah. we go, here we go. Yeah. And then we get like, you know, one of those sweaty, topless fight scenes as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and he cr- strangles that dude with his legs like a full crutch strangle. Yes. So epic. We also get treated to Mel Gibson catching up to a car on foot, which uh, Michael Bay borrowed very heavily for the Bad Boys franchise, where it's like... Yeah, that was great moments. just, yeah, chasing after the car. The and cop, I, I, know, I do love that, because obviously Michael Bay has a very heightened style, which I'm a huge fan of. But he always made mm. sure it was like performance cars and stuff in the chases, whereas Richard Donner's like... Let's just get some shit boxes. And yeah, that's what I said before with this directing. Like, he just gets a shit normal car and it's not heaps fast and it crashes yeah. into something on the way and it's totally the real life. Yeah. Not the fast Rather than having muscle cars and supercars everywhere. And, yeah. Uh, it makes you believe it way more. Yeah. yeah. You forget it's a movie. You get yeah. immersed in it. No, but you, you do, 100%. It's just one of those films. You're just lost in it from start to finish. I would love to know where Mel Gibson would be in real life if it wasn't for his real-life controversies. Like, because he's an incredible filmmaker. He's an incredible actor. He just has this eye for detail in so many things. Um, I'm the one guy on earth that really, really likes uh, what women want, which is <laughs> definitely not a movie we'll do for the podcast. But my um, favourite actress, Melon Cunt. Uh, Smelling Cunt is the absolute fucking worst actress on earth. You know, they've, they've remade that, but like in a role reversal thing, and yeah. I'm yeah. not gay enough one. to watch it. I watched it. It's it's not too bad. It's got the uh, cookie out of uh, whatever that show is. The uh, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. All right, now oh, there you go. Because I was really worried this, because Casey and I have talked about Lethal Weapon many, many times, as have I and Grant. I was really worried that we'd spend the whole time just talking about something that everybody, including ourselves, love. So I thought to sway away from that, we'd talk a bit about Grant because he is our guest. So I thought we'd, uh, let's let's cover something a little bit less likable. So Grant, here are some questions that we ask <laughs> all of our guests. What was your local video store growing up? It was owned by my next door neighbor. It wasn't a franchise, you know what I mean? Mum and Pastor. What the closest one? Was, was it just an old guy who's like, come and have a look at my yeah, movie? Those dodgy ones that had pirate coffees under the counter and stuff. You know, I, mean, I can't remember what it was called. Though. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, that was the local. Wasn't it just called Ford Transit Van, and you just had to get in the back <laughs> of his van? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <it> much. <laughs> All right, you're ten years old. What is your favorite TV show? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm pretty sure I was watching. I would have been around 10 then, I reckon. Yeah. I would have been around. Yeah, Buffy, I was obsessed. Same. What was your (laughs) favourite (laughs) T? Sorry, Casey's video graveyard, what was that? I was going to say, so when did you realise you were a lesbian, Grant? (laughs) 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 Grant, (laughs) or Grant, as we say in South Australia. Your favourite ice cream? I don't know. I'm not that adventurous. What, that one that has the three flavours in it? What's that one called? Neapolitan. Oh, the, the, God. Neapolitan. Uh, 
Yeah, and you, you scoop it through the three flavors, so you get one of each. I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that. Favorite junk food. I'm not surprised you can't answer this because you are built like the alien in signs. So it looks like you've never eaten a day in your life. Like, what junk food do I even eat? I don't think I don't think I do eat junk food. Maybe a bag of Doritos every now and then. Oh, cheesy, natural, no, super cheesy Doritos. That's called baby. Right. Yeah. Ten I'll years old. Favorite book. Oh man, oh another clue. Probably had a few ghost goosebumps books. Nice. I can't yeah. even think of the book that I read when I was a kid. Favorite toy as a kid. Um, anything Ghostbusters, like Ecto One or something. Yep. For sure. Still got them in the shed somewhere. Nice. Until I come over and steal them. Yeah. Who goes on your Mount Rushmore of actors or actresses? Oh, Mel Gibson, obviously. Yep. Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell, Nicholas Cage. Nice. Who else could I put on there? You just added. Extra, you just added extra heads. Oh, guys, they're my heroes. They're like. Icons that deserve them on Mount Rushmore. Pretend it's 2018. Would you prefer to watch a movie at home or at the cinemas? Cinema. Nice. And food of choice. (laughs) Food of choice at the cinema. I don't eat in the cinema. I just watch the screen and don't look away. No distractions until the film's finished. I have have a medium Pepsi, that's it. (laughs) Funnily enough... Guy. Don't fit I, into this at all. I I know Grant so well that when I went because you know cinemas were reopening again after our first uh, foray of sitting at home, yeah. I was watching Tenant going. Do you know who I'm glad I'm not watching this with Grant because he would not even. It'd be like sitting there on my own. You wouldn't answer any questions. You wouldn't look uh, away from the screen. You yeah. just you switch. You switch into that that film Rain Man mode that you have. <laughs> You're just like. <laughs> This many frames, this many frames, this many frames. Just focus on the screen. I try to ignore the sound of like, you know, 200 people opening a packet of M&Ms at the same time. It's so annoying. It is the worst. It's just, I think, yeah, should ban food instead of just have a drink, that's it. So, Casey, what what I forgot to tell you is Grant's uh, a 60-year-old man in like a (laughs) mid-20-year-old man's body. I like to just be quietly. I don't understand why people have to be so loud when they're getting the popcorn out of the bucket or whatever, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> just pick up a couple of pieces. You don't have to slap it around. Are you getting too old for this shit? I think I am. I'm so cranky, man. Uh, name an actor or actress you'd like to spend a night with. Oh. Fucking Dame Judy Dent. I was so quietly together. <laughs> I heard that kind of like an intimate romantic night or just a hangout. Well, the thing is, anyone else we ask this question, it's usually sexual, but I think because we're asking you, who would you like to either have sex with or watch a marathon of one foot in the grave with? Watch a marathon. Oh, man. I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio. Nice. <laughs> I like hang out on his private island. Nice. That would be, really, be really good, actually. Cool. Chilling with Leon on his private island with all his supermodel friends. Which film that didn't get a sequel deserves one? Oh, I thought about this last night and I had a few beers so I can't remember what I thought of. I would love to see what happened with Cooper and Brandt in Interstellar when he goes off to see her. Nice. Maybe Interstellar 2 and there could be some sort of story there maybe. But nice. I just, I'm just dying to know if he made it out there to her, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> that, so that you cry a little bit less when you watch Interstellar, of course. <laughs> Who would play you in a biopic? Uh, Ryan Gosling. But he'd have to lose about 60 kilos. 
And it'd be one it'd, it'd be one of those like method acting Oscar winning performances. It would you know be I mean? it would be his Jared Leto Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ryan Gosling for sure. What song is your main titles in your biopic? Ah, oh, oh man. I, I had I penciled know. I had penciled in it's raining men, but I was waiting for you to which movie freaked you out the most as a child? Um, demons. You know that Italian. Yeah, we spoke about this on the video. Italian horror demons, and that still gets me today. Yeah, sort of the nightmares it gave me when I was a kid. Say you were put in charge of rebooting a TV show or movie from your childhood. What would it be? I reckon another Buffy the Vampire Slayer would go right. <laughs> if I was in, if I was in charge of it, you know what I mean? I'd bring Just back not with it. no Joss Whedon. Nah, nah, nah. Everyone's gone off him a little with, bit. Yeah, with, more, now. with more yeah. Tegan and Sarah on the soundtrack to fit with your, your lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> I think Buffy. I think it's about time for another Buffy the Vampire Slayer series, I reckon. What did I see? She's <laughs> voicing something at the moment. That, um, Who was? Oh, she's in the new Masters of the Universe cartoon. Yeah, right. She's really? a yeah yeah she's because uh, her and Freddie Prince Jr. are now like really well accomplished voice actors so they're killing it. Oh, she's she's got that Buffy money so she doesn't need to work. <laughs> All right, and name. He, he's got that married to Buffy money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> name one famous person you would hit with a hammer. Oh God, that's that, you know this is <laughs> this question is hilarious, man. Who would I want to hit with a hammer if they're famous? I don't know. Maybe Vina Jones, because I reckon it'd do more damage to the hammer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like an yeah. <laughs> I'd whack Vinnie Jones around the head of a hammer just to see what happens. It just gets more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> His face goes back in line with yeah. itself. <laughs> the, the hammer just becomes like a frying pan because it flattens out completely. <laughs> All right, if you could make the entire world, the entire population of the world, Watch one movie just once, so everybody has seen it. What movie are you making us watch? Are you making us watch something shit, or are you making them watch something good? Uh, something amazing, actually. Armageddon yeah. is my go-to show people movie. No. Nice. Armageddon for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the greatest Don't action films. close my eyes. <laughs> exactly. Anyone that doesn't cry when Bruce Willis sacrifices himself at the end of that movie is not a friend of mine. It's pretty it doesn't have its real feel good. You know, you just, it just makes you feel good too. All the happy, uplifting scenes are in it. All those heroic Michael Bay moments are like, just amazing. I hate Michael Bay. It's too uh, much. No. Too much. No. The Rock. The Rock is he's a masterclass of perfection. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Underground, fantastic. Actually, I was just watching um, Hitman's Hitman's wife's bodyguard because it's got Selma Hayek's rack in it, and yeah. it has borrowed so many set piece and like just overall chase scenes and stuff from Six Underground that I was like, why bother? It's got the same guy in it. Yeah, yeah. That's Every, probably- everyone takes. Them. Even the new Fast 9 does this whole magnet thing that I'm pretty sure was taken from Six Underground, you know what I mean? Yeah. With the, the magnet scene on the cruise ship. Like Michael Bay inspires every action director. Well, after go, after go. Hobbs and Shaw, Ryan Reynolds is now in the Fast and Furious franchise as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Grant, pretend. He just, just needs to 
stop making fucking Transformers movies. That's all. Oh, uh, look, the first and the third one are amazing. The rest suck. The first one's flawless, actually. I think it's flawless. I love it. Yeah, Megan Fox. Yeah, so that's the flaw straight away. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I watched that film about Killer Lion or something. That she's like the, um, she's yeah. the Katie Holmes of Batman Begins. All right, Grant, pretend you can add your favourite fictional character to any other film. Who would it be? All right, so everyone knows my favourite fictional character is Rick Grimes. I'm obsessed with Rick Grimes. I'd drop him in the Rambo franchise and have Rick Grimes and John Rambo kicking ass together. How good would that be? Nice, nice. How good would that be? I think so, anyway. I don't like Andrew. <laughs> I don't like. I, do. I don't rate Andrew Lincoln because he's English. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, know, I knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> and final question. <laughs> he's really good in Love Actually. Sorry, I take that back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many movies would you watch in a typical week? I watch uh, probably. I at least watch one a day. You know what I mean. Mm. So. In. Probably double up on weekends, but it's at least seven, at least one a day. I yep. yep, that's norm- <laughs> That's completely normal. I'm trying to tell everyone that that's completely normal. It is. Do you know what? I can watch that many movies in a week, every week for my whole life, but then as soon as I have to watch like two movies for the podcast, I'm like, oh, God, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Exa- <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to someone that set their alarm and watched Mars Attacks at like 10 o'clock this morning. Oh, yeah, I've been on the end of that so many times and it's just not i'm dying why didn't i work this into my week (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny how many times i'm like oh no that's two hours till we record and this movie goes for an hour and 45 minutes and then i think back to the (laughs) night before watching demolition man again for the 60th time that week and i'm like oh i probably could have watched it then awesome (laughs) well now we get to know you as a person grant everyone can send all their hate mail over your way Let's get back in to Lethal Weapon. Now, if you had to recast the reboot, you have to. We're not talking about the TV show. You are in charge of recasting the reboot. I'll start with Casey. Casey, who are you putting in this franchise? I wrote down that there's no recast. It's too good. Uh, you perfect. can't replace Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and Gary Busey. You're joking if you think you can do it. What about you, Grant? Did you come up with anyone? I think there is one actor out there who can pull off the charm, the seriousness, and the charisma that Mel Gibson did. I reckon Bradley Cooper would be an all right Martin Riggs. I see yeah, it. I can good. see it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the crazy too, you know what I mean? The way he voices Rocket Raccoon, the guy can talk crazy as well. And yeah. he also looks like real sexy when he's all greasy and dirty yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you know, he's got that Star is Born look about him, but he's a cop oh, in the yeah. franchise. Was, like, I reckon he'd do it. There was you know, movie. everyone thought Bradley Cooper was so hot, but then as soon as he was in a Star is Born looking like a real piece of shit, I was like, oh, I get it. Do you mean hanging with <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Cooper? Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. He was, I don't know who else that I only thought of Bradley Cooper for Martin Riggs. Well, for me, I had, just because he, he's the, the the go-to guy of the moment, I had Ryan Reynolds playing off of Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds maybe, but Wesley Snipes, no. Well, the reason, the reason I want Wesley Snipes is because he wouldn't 
enjoy any of Ryan Reynolds's bullshit, and that would yeah, bring the real Murtold side yeah. of things to it. Yeah, that that could work. Yeah, like if you did a more of a sort of like a more down the comedy comedy road, you know what I mean? Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds, I guess. And that, that or some right. sort of really disgruntled, like you know, um, what's his name, Clint Eastwood kind of vibe. Oh, when yeah. they just cannot be fucked with anyone else's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where would you see it for this one? Now, for me, I think this is the be or lend all of a, a cock blister video. Casey, what did oh, you think? Absolutely cock blister, without a doubt. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's the only one I remember from the list that you sent me as well. So <laughs> definitely cock blister. <laughs> Glad you've done your research. Yeah, I read it once. I skimmed for it. All right, the next qu- the next segment is fuck fight fart on. For me, I would fuck Riggs. I would fight Riggs because he would instantly beat me and defeat me and knock me out, and the fight would be over. It would. I think that he's the character that would involve the least violence upon myself because. I'm instantly knocked out fighting Riggs because he's crazy. Yeah. And I'm fighting on Mr. Joshua. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that sounds about right. Yeah, same. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> now, fighting on Mr. Joshua. <laughs> how good is a movie that has all these action set pieces? We've got helicopters, we've got car crashes, we've got explosions. We've got all these things to finish on a police-sanctioned fist fight on the front Yard of a house in the suburbs oh, is great. perfection. That's, it just goes to it just goes to show. Like you look at a modern day like uh, action film. Like I just recently watched Black Widow, and every set piece had to step it up from the previous one. So it's like now everything's yeah. on fire. Now everything's on fire and falling out of the sky, and it just kept going up yeah, and up perfect. and up. This goes up and up and up, and then goes. We're going to have a fight on the front lawn. The good old fashioned yeah. fight to end. End of story, yeah. Because the the adage is the old is adage. It raining or sprinkler that's on. Pretty sure is it. Is it just a sprinkler? It's, it's, it's raining. raining. No, thing? it's raining, and the helicopter's got its head its spotlight on him. Well, we have a fight. And that real eighties like slow mo last shot that he gets yeah, in yeah. so good. Yeah, because we then have to have the the Michael Bay special of the the unconscious bad guy quickly goes to kill the hero at which point yep. someone shoots him to death to make sure he's really dead. It's the equivalent of, like modern-day TV shows, no character is dead unless they die with their eyes open. If you had to bargain bin this one uh, with something else, are we all putting it with Die Hard? Look, I had Die Hard, but I also found it hard because I thought it could go with Beverly Hills Cop. Mm, good. Or Payback, if you want to do like a back-to-back Mel Gibson. Yeah, like a Mel Gibson double. Yeah. Or The Man Without a Face. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all of those could go together. Die Hard's more your premium double pack. Beverly Hills Cop is like your Father's Day. You know, there's a good movie and a kind of okay, you know. Yeah. And then 
payback would be, you know, your Mel Gibson nine ninety nine at Big W double pack. It's it's yeah. your, it's your dad day mix. It's uh Saturday, yeah, Saturday for dads. Dad's it's your dad day mix. Can I interest in either of you in hiring or buying the DVD Queefful Weapon? Shout out! Shout out to our friends in Victoria, the Passive Aggressive Podcast, the yeah. go-to That's podcast great. when it comes to talking about queefing. Queef corner. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That's actually great. That was good. That can't be tough enough. Thing. How do you go, Casey? <laughs> I've got two. The first one's called "Too Old for This Shit," and it's a grandma scat porn. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I would put on my porn watching glasses for that one. Yes. What was yeah. that? Sheath my weapon. Oh, sheath my weapon. I like it. Yep. So it's all about sex. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I would watch all of those movies. And they'd be talking about like herpes, and then the person would like fourth wall and look at it and go, because I'm too young for this shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we. While we're on this this uh, jovial part of the show, we totally forgot to mention that uh, it's played off as a, a light-hearted moment almost. Riggs stops a school shooting in this movie. Mm. It's probably not something they'd put in a modern-day action film. Yeah, yeah. Also that Riggs totally wants to fuck Myrtle's daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, the other way around. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, but there's a vibe. Yeah. And I think the biggest waste of time that we have on this episode of DVG, what do you give this movie out of 19? Oh, good, like 18, 19? Oh, yeah, I'd give it full, full max, man. Solid. Yeah. It's a 19 for me. It's definitely Yeah, 19. let's give it a 19. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect movie. It is. It is perfection. Believe it or not, that is all the time we have for. I have to let my kids out of the basement so the air goes back in there. Um, Grant, where can people check out the Mad Max Museum? Uh, Facebook, I'm pretty sure. There might be an Instagram, but I won't have a clue. I'm sure, no, I think I'm pretty sure there's an Instagram there. Yeah, You're really so good at like, promotion, Grant. You're really yeah, good at it's somewhere. You'll find it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a website. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, definitely. There's definitely a page. What are you doing in the outback? Did you get to meet Isla Fisher at all? Not yet. Apparently she's here right now. But um, the, the Give really my number. about them bringing COVID because they've come from Sydney, so they've been even the whole film crew are like being a bit stay away from everyone kind of thing. So not really seeing that much. But the cool to meet Isla Fisher. I want to talk to her about now you see me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, well you know how much I love that film. You're not going to bring out wedding crashes to her. Oh, yeah. she's so good in that. She <laughs> is. I really like Alice Fisher, but yeah, the course, really into it. She's around, she's around town somewhere right now. Can I'll you one please from a distance pictures? I'll see you if I please but go like, to don't, a. Don't turn your flash on. <laughs> uh, like what? I need you to go to one of Broken Hills local uniform shops and get the tartan uniform from Home and Away, and get Isla Fisher to sign it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I will try my best to do that. 
Well, Grant, thank you so much for joining us today. Casey, you got anything going on? No. Just locked in. <laughs> just, just aloe veering the tips of your fingers because you're in lockdown. Oh, my fingers are already like pruned up from the time I've spent in lockdown. Yeah, my hand, <laughs> my hand would just be a pink mist, skin colour mist, if I wasn't with my family at the moment, so... Yeah, I look like I've been in the bath too long, but only my index and middle fingers. <laughs> you've also got you've also got one Hulk arm, like in the uh, Avengers Endgame. You've just got one normal size arm and one. Uh, yeah. On that note, this <laughs> conversation. This is how we talk normally. Hey, fuck fathers! Thanks for suffering through another episode of Dave's Video Graveyard. If for some reason you like what you heard, you can find more at davesvideograveyard.com. There's lots of extras, photos, and a whole heap of dumb shit. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and all those trendy porn sites. And don't forget, if you don't leave a five-star review, you're a dry old mutt.